This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Good to have you here on this Wednesday night, 9.03. You can always send me a note if you would like. I'd like to hear from you, alex at 640toronto.com. I want to talk about something that is, of course, happening on the other side of the country, but it is a very big story, coast to coast to coast, as Mr. Trudeau would say. An economic and uh, constitutional crisis is upon us. And our said prime minister, well, today, what did he do? He took a day off. Because, of course, tomorrow he leaves for Peru for 10 days to a summit. And um, I guess the trip is all about building trade relationships. But it does come at a very, very bad time because Trans Mountain is on life support. Alberta's losing its mind. B.C. digging in its heels. And it seems like the Trudeau government doesn't only want to talk about this plan. They don't think they have an actual plan. So we're looking at this country's biggest political crisis, and the prime minister has taken off. And then you've got other ministers, like the energy minister, Jim Carr and Catherine McKenna. I mean, they were questioned by reporters on the plane yesterday, and uh, they barely got anything out. The government, the government is 100% behind this pipeline. It's important for Canada. It was made in the national interests. We believe that uh, this is important for all regions of the country. We stand behind our decision. And then they ran away. They literally took off with the reporters saying, where are you going? Where are you going? They left. They had to go because they didn't want to talk about it. Let's bring in Elise Mills. She is a strategic communications uh, and a political analyst who joins us now. Elise, you know, seeing the ministers run away from the cameras... You know, Justin Trudeau hopping on a plane. He's got a good old personal day today. Do you get the sense that they take this seriously at all? I I think there is. They What's actually happened is I, they didn't take it very seriously for a very, very long time. And actually, I think we can go before that, Alex, if you remember the 2015 campaign, the rhetoric that Trudeau bashed around made certain people believe that he was going to basically say no to energy development in this country. I sort of felt that way. I felt that the energy industry was under threat. And then, you know, he arbitrarily decides to push back and get rid of all of Stephen Harper's uh, um, approval processes, put something in place that is pretty similar to what Private, former Prime Minister Harper had in place uh, when the first approval process was there. And then he literally ragged the puck. I mean, he watched Energy East disintegrate into uh, a fight between a bully, Denny Coderre, who's the former mayor of Montreal and got wiped out probably because of his arrogant behavior, and uh, and leaderships in Alberta. He allowed the scrapping to continue between all the provinces. We haven't seen this much chaos provincially since the 90s. So maybe Canada is back, Alex. And if they look if they look unprepared today, it's because they ragged the puck for so long yeah. and now they have no idea how to get themselves out of the corner they've painted. Right. And so what do you think is going to happen? Because you've got your, your finger on the pulse out there and, and this is more than bluster. Kinder Morgan is like one foot out the door. And, oh, and unless yeah. the Prime Minister comes in there and says, out of the way, we're doing this. And I, and I don't think that he will. Well, 
the problem is, I mean, I know people don't want to be empathetic or, or no, I'm not even asking for him. I don't think people want to understand the economy. I had a reporter ask me today, why are we all so focused down on the economy? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? The economy is social policy. The economy is social policy because it's about jobs. It's about making sure people aren't underemployed and overtaxed. Uh, it's about making sure that we have a future for our children. And there is a way for us to do this with natural resources, which, by the way, has paid for all those lovely things that you guys have received in Ontario on the backs of Western Canada and oil. So yeah. if you said no to oil, maybe you should have said no to daycare. Maybe you should have said no to debt creation because now we're paying for it out in the West. And I'll tell you something, our markets, uh, our economies are starting to slip and you're not going to be able to rely on British Columbia much longer. Um, it's going to, the, 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 your financial mismanagement in Ontario is going to hit you smack in the face when pipelines go to die in this province and natural resources come to a grinding halt. It's the only yeah. thing that's really consistent in our economy. Well, I mean, the good news for Ontario is hopefully we'll have some new leadership soon. But the problem is, I think the damage is done because the message being sent out to the uh, the world is Canada's not open for business. And any business they do, apparently their own government will do it. Because I don't like this talk, while it may be the only option the Premier seems to think of, of you know, having the feds put money in and getting this thing done. That That's not how you do business. No, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of knock-on effects. So, for example, mining in British Columbia is virtually dead. That's something that people need to be aware of. The other thing is that we've had the slowest trickle of foreign investment than we've had in a decade plus, right? We've passed the trillion-dollar mark in senior debt in this country. That is a milestone that falls under Justin Trudeau. He is somewhat needlessly created debt um, that, that, you know, with, without giving much thought to how he's going to pay for it. We have 50,000 new arrivals illegally entering our country. I don't want to get into the, the, the you know, policy behind that, but those are 50,000 new mouths we're going to have to feed because they're not going to be paying taxes for the next five years. Right. right. We, we want more from health care. And it's proven when you look at how Kathleen Wynne behaves, she is completely ignorant or intentionally ignorant. And quite frankly, it's quite egregious how she behaves because you can see the storm clouds coming. But Canadians don't want to understand how we get all these great things. And I'll tell you, Kinder Morgan is the last of the companies that has hung on. Shell Canada got up and left from British Columbia Close to five years ago, they had not made one red cent in this country mm-hmm. or in, this prov- in our province from the time they had arrived, and they got out. And if you look, and we don't talk about who's already left. We already lost $39 billion in LNG investment, uh, what was it, six, seven months ago in British Columbia. Uh, they walked away because they couldn't handle it. Now you've got John Horgan out in B.C. talking out of both sides of his mouth. Suddenly he wants to give tax breaks and tax-free years to LNG companies, but he doesn't want to see a pipeline. You know, he's really, he's, he's, he holds a tremendous amount of liability to the country's fortunes. And Justin Trudeau carries the rest of it too. But you're right, Alex, I, if you want good paying jobs, you have to have foreign investment. And foreign investors need to know that they can stick with what you're saying. Stable, consistent government policy. Right. And so you've been out there an awful long time. Have you ever seen tensions this bad? Uh, I've seen it with softwood lumber. I worked the softwood lumber crisis for seven years. And if this is going to look anything like that, 
my heart's going to break. Um, I just want to talk for a second about what the effect is on just regular people that are caught in the snare of governments that behave like this. You're going to see mental health crises because you're going to see loss of jobs. We've already traded forestry workers for oil workers because we knew we were losing in the forestry markets and we had to find a place to put these workers. We did agreements with Alberta. Where are those workers going now? We have the construction jobs that we're relying on, construction workers and their and private sector and public sector unions that we're relying on these uh, initiatives. We have the manufacturers. That's, it's, it's literally $50 million a day in lost revenue for this country. What that will mean is that when you get down to the average worker, you know, he or she is relying on that income, there will be a lost generation of Western Canadian and Atlantic Canadian workers. Where will they go? And that will lead to mental health issues. It will lead to family breakdowns. It will lead to the closure of certain communities, as we're seeing in mining in British Columbia right now. It's scary, Alex, when you see what trade disputes, yeah. interprovincial disputes, and negligent leaderships do. You know, there's a real vacancy with leaders right now. Sure, there sure is. Uh, do you see a constitutional crisis coming? I actually, I, I, you know, I know this is going to sound very bizarre. I would not want our country to fail, but I think we've been on a very long, windy road of frustration and petty politics and voters that may now finally be exhausted by shiny baubles and want to get down to how governments are actually going to work for them. And maybe it's going to take a crisis of, of confidence, constitutional crisis, uh, a real trade dispute in this country for the real leaders to show up and, and the, the leaders that have contributed to this chaos to finally be exited out the door. Sometimes it takes a a serious moment for the good stuff to show up. And, and like I said, I, I don't want that crisis and I don't want any wars between the provinces. But I just, I think we've been heading this way definitely in the last two years. And I think it was growing even before that time. Just quickly before I let you go, because I've got like 15 seconds. Um, should he have cancelled his trip, Mr. Trudeau? Yes. Most definitely. I think the country, this is not just about oil and gas. Yeah. This is about rogue leaderships. Yeah. And this is about uh, leaderships that have intentionally interfered with issues that are of our national interest and for the health of our country. And there needs to be a comeuppance. And I think that Mr. Trudeau has exceeded his personal days much more than any prime minister in recent history. It's very, very scary for, for those who are thinking along the lines of math economics, finances, and public policy. Absolutely. Thanks, Elise. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alex. That is Elise Mills joining us here tonight.